0: Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Just while you're getting settled, I'll, I'll just fill you in on a a couple of things that it would be great for you guys to be aware of. I'm sure a lot of you are aware um, that we are in a, a very um, important time in history, in Australia, uh, in, in so many ways. Uh, but I just want to bring your attention, um, the ACL conference, the truth of it, next Saturday night, Martin Isles, the leader of the ACL, will be sharing, and maybe others, I don't know, but, um, you know, on a cold day. Saturday night there won't be any footy on I don't think uh, you know you, you could uh, go along we we're in a time where um, I'm going to share on a, a bit about Jonah today but I've been thinking about it when it comes to political things because it's it's very difficult to know how much do we as a church community you know educate and say stuff about this and even with our school community and how hard do we go on certain things and, and how light do we go? Do we just, you know, um, stay silent on a whole heap of issues? And I suppose we're in a time now where the battle is, in a, it is at our doorstep. <laughs> it's at our doorstep. And when it's knocking on your doorstep, you can't really ignore it anymore. It's kind of like the Mormons. <laughs> and so... Right now, there's a few things that are staring us in the face. Our our religious freedom is under threat. I don't know if you know that, but our religious, your religious freedom is under threat as we sit here today. I was talking with Senator Alex Antic on Friday, and just talking about this. He's a fighter, and uh, and he's a real. Actually, he's a he's a real a voice in the desert saying, come on, you know, let's clean up the ABC, let's clean up politics, let's, let's keep freedom of religion. Um, and so we need to be aware of this because faster than we can know, these freedoms can be taken away. And so I just bring that to your attention, the ACL conference next Saturday night. If you are uh, free, if you want to get educated about this stuff, it's probably going to be one of the, the best... Um, Uh, laid out logical arguments for our freedoms as Christians. Martin Niles is a real smart cookie lawyer and and he can really espouse this stuff as good as anyone. And so if you want to tap into that, I encourage you, you know, get in. I don't know if you can watch it online or or get there or whatever you need to do. Uh, But we need to be informed, as many of you are, um, and again, like Karen said, we thank God that you guys give us the freedom to thrash this stuff out uh, and, uh, and just work it through as a community because it's really, really important. And so right now, uh, freedom of religion, we want to be praying into that. We want to be praying that um, right from Scott Morrison right through to legislators that we retain our freedoms to operate in our faith community with complete freedom. And that includes our school community. Because that could be the first thing that, that tries to get uh, really impinged on, which, which gets tricky. And and this is this is on our doorstep right now. I was talking to a board member on Friday from another Christian school. And he was saying, gosh, you guys, are, you're in the line of fire, aren't you? And he said, we're praying for you. He said, we're kind of glad it's you guys and not us. Um, Secretly, but but good on you. Uh, but you know, when the when the enemy comes to your doorstep and he comes knocking, and when he peers through the door and says, you know, I'm going to get you guys, you don't any longer have a choice to just stand back and say, hey, I'm going to let someone else fight the fight, or I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to head to Tarshish, <laughs> and I'm going to go somewhere else where where. I can just maybe just hide for a little while. Christians can't hide any longer. We can't hide as a community any longer. And so it's really important that we are praying into this stuff and asking God to give us wisdom, to give us knowledge and revelation to know how to tread in this hour Uh, because we want to retain our freedom of religion we want to retain our freedom of conscience, as my dad reminded me. One of the fundamental things of Baptists, originally, way, way back, was freedom of conscience. And we want to retain that. That means uh, it, you follow your conscience on what God shows you. And so in this hour, it's a contentious issue. If, uh, if they mandate vaccine only uh, for churches, we'll probably be out in the Oval Uh, and and so, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we want to be able to operate with freedom, without judgment, without division, but we need freedom. Uh, Do you agree with me? All right. Awesome. Well, then you're going to have to do something because the enemy's on our doorstep. It's good that you cheer me on, but he's on your doorstep too. And if he's on our doorstep, then he's coming for our kids. And he really is. He's coming for our kids because the enemy would love nothing more than to silence preachers, to be able to not, not preach the whole gospel, silence Christian schools, shut them down or just dampen down their Christian voice so that they can't teach this and they can't teach that. And before you know it, you have a, a diluted Christianity. You have a generation growing up not knowing the whole truth. And, um, and so we could go all day long about this, but we won't. Is that Okay. Are you with me? Awesome. Well, Lord, we ask that you'd speak today. We ask that you would continue to move amongst us, that you would grow us, stretch us, and strengthen us as a community for your witness in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to read a fair bit. Jonah chapter 1. I read from Jonah chapter 3. A I don't know if it was last week or a few weeks ago. But anyway, we're going back to Jonah chapter 1. I'm going to read the whole chapter. We're going to throw it up there. And I'm going to talk on God will have his way. Doesn't that sound good? God will have his way. Verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare and went down into it to go uh, with it with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Interesting, he's running from the presence of the Lord. The Lord hurled a great wind on the sea and there was a great storm on the sea so that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors became afraid and every man cried to his God and they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone below in the hold of the ship, lain down and fallen sound asleep. So the captain approached him and said, "'How is it that you're sleeping? "'Get up, call on your God. "'Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we'll not perish. "'Each man said to his mate, "'Come, let us cast lots so that we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us.' "'So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah.' Then they said to him, Tell us now, on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men became extremely frightened, and they said to him, How could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. So they said to him, What should we do to you? that the sea may become calm for us for the sea was becoming increasingly stormy he said to them pick me up now and throw me into the sea then the sea will become calm for you for i know that on account of me this great storm has come upon you however the men rode desperately to return to the land but they could not for the sea was becoming even stormier against them then they called on the lord and said we earnestly pray o lord do not let us perish on account of this man's life do not let Do not put innocent blood on us, for you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. So they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah was clearly a type of Christ. There's so much imagery here in this story, prophetically, Uh, And we can glean a lot from this story. I want to pull out a few things today about how God will have his way. I believe as we are entering this season globally of a lot of turmoil, a lot of confusion, and I don't know about you, sometimes you read stuff and it's very easy to get fearful. The moment we get fearful, we want to remember God is in control. He is absolute about his plans and purposes. He has pre-written the book on how it's going to end. How we interpret that's up to us, but he knows how it's going to end. And Jesus is returning for his bride. It's not really going to matter uh, what our opinions are about what happens from today to the time that Jesus returns, because many have varying opinions. And if you're like me, you, you, you dig into that and you get into one track and then you get into another track and you get more confused than you you know you were in the first place. So one thing we are certain on, God is in control. Jesus is coming back for you and for me. And the truth is no one knows the hour he's going to come back like a thief in the night. And therefore, the one thing we have to have is trust in his promises. If he has given you certain promises, as we sung about this morning Trust those promises. Trust his word over your life. Trust his mandates over your life because he is faithful, more faithful than any friend we've ever known. God will have his way. He will have his way in your life. In this story of Jonah, I find it just fascinating that Jonah is running away from the presence of the Lord. Most of us, if we knew the presence of the Lord was in a place, we would be running to that place to try and hear his voice. But so um, convicted and, and hurt by the fact that God would speak to him about these people of Nineveh, Jonah took it personally. He took it personally. How dare you tell me to go there? So he hid from him. How many times, I wonder, when God has told us, to do things, does our flesh actually cringe and want to run away from it? Sometimes the voice of the Lord is so much like a double-edged sword, as his word is, that there's truth in it, but it hurts us. Because it cuts through bone and marrow, doesn't it? It cuts through our feelings and our emotions, and it cuts to the heart, the core of who we are. And when we hear it, we cringe a little bit. I don't know about you, but when it comes to um, even the political arena, it's something that most of you will know that my dad's been fairly active in over, I don't know, the last, well, most of my life that I can remember anyway. And I remember stepping into ministry, coming from business, and in business, I could be friends with politicians because they hand out money and they smile on the front of the advertiser and the messenger. And so, you know, I, I went through rounds and rounds and rounds of that. And... Um, and it's all sort of beer and Skittles until you hit an issue that you you don't agree with each other on. And then we step into ministry and there's plenty of issues that we don't agree with, with a lot of politicians on. So, you know, it's not necessarily smiley faces anymore. But I remember, you know, having a season where I was wondering, OK, I'm seeing the erosion of society around me. I'm watching it. And just like Jonah, I, I was beginning to... Just feel the nudging of God um, saying, okay, well, you know, do you have a voice in this arena? Do you have influence in this arena? Are you going to stand up for absolute biblical truths in the society that we're in? And so, as you know, we do now. But there was definitely a season where I had to question where I was trying to buy a ticket, you know, to Joppa and then on to Tarshish and avoid Nineveh. Because it's a whole lot easier avoiding the voice of God. Ever found that? It's a whole lot easier, in the flesh I mean, a whole lot easier, just to, just to avoid that for a while, push it off and just live life. And, and we Westerners have made an, a real art of our lifestyles of living as pain-free as we possibly can. We push back pain in every way we possibly can. I don't want pain of pressing in and and seeking God in that direction because it might cost me something. I I don't want pain of anyone else. I don't want pain in the workplace. I don't want pain in any direction, just pain free. Give me something to get rid of the pain. The truth is sometimes the voice of the Lord will come to us and He will speak to us things that our flesh doesn't want to hear, but it brings our spirit alive. And just like in the story of Jonah, he avoided it for a while. He ended up in the belly of a big fish, three days, three nights, a type of Christ. He was buried, but then he was spat out back on earth to redeem the people again. And that's what he will do with you and me. When we are obedient to the voice of the Lord, he will bring redemption to us and to those around us. Why? Because God's put a mandate on you to bring redemption not only to yourself, but to others. You have the keys of breakthroughs to others' lives. You have those keys. Whatever prayers He's given you to intercede for the lost or intercede for family, friends, whatever it is, He might have just given you those secret codes, those secret keys that you need to be praying. That And it'll cost you something. I've said the story many times, I can't remember how old I was, but I was young enough to be, you know, drawing cartoon figures of Tony Richards and things on the floor down here and he often reminds me of that. Yeah, I reckon I must have been around eight. When Barry Chant came here and, and gave me a prophetic word, I didn't really even know what he was doing. Uh, but his, his scribe wrote down, I think it's 2 Samuel 24, 24. No, that's the other one. There was a, a different verse, actually, that he gave me. In a, and it basically said, no, it is actually Second Samuel 24, 24, uh, that said, I will not give the king a gift that will cost me nothing. And the truth is, the vision that God has for your life will cost you something. But it will be the greatest thing that you ever pay. It will be the greatest price you ever pay because in front of that, leading into that and beyond that is breakthroughs, supernatural breakthroughs. It's living a life of faith, not a life of the flesh. Living a life of the flesh is interesting when we're feeding that all the time and we're avoiding the pain, we're avoiding the cost, we're avoiding the voice, but somehow he has his way. I don't know about you. But I was dwelling on this when I was reading this this week and I was thinking, is it just an Old Testament thing that God would send a storm and cause a whole lot of chaos or in other passages cause plagues and cause dramas? I mean, is it just an Old Testament thing? God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Who knows what situations God has sent On your life and around your life and my life and even on the earth today. Who knows what God has sent to bring attention to the voice of the Lord in our lives. Sometimes we don't know. We might be attributing things to the enemy when it's God all along. And so it's interesting to realise that he is so in control. He just, I mean, when we get to heaven and we see all the events that have happened and all the things in our life, we might go, my goodness. I wish I never posted that on social media. I wish I never just went into that whole scenario. Because we really only know in part and prophesy in part. We only have a portion of knowledge. And God will find the, just the weirdest of ways. Who would have thought he would throw a man into a fish to get his attention? He threw him inside of a fish and seaweed was entangling his head, it says. I mean, it's, it's just weird. But it's, it's a prophetic sign of what was to come in Christ. And when we look at Jonah, the life of Jonah, his whole life was like that. The whole three chapters we get anyway. And, and uh, it's amazing. God is more amazing than sometimes we realise I wonder what little amazing surprises he wants to throw at you in the next seven days. He wants to throw at your life and just throw you into supernatural chaos. And I hate even saying that because he might do it to me. And Karen says, Yes, come on. God will have his way. In your life, if he, uh, you know, there's some fundamental things about the sovereignty of God that I, I love, because even though he has given us so much responsibility with his sovereignty, I love falling back onto his sovereignty and realizing that he is so powerful. He is so much more powerful than anyone who sets himself up against God. He is so powerful that he only has to flick his fingers and then something will break out. And so it's to an all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God that when we're praying, that's what we're praying to. When we're we're seeking him, we're seeking him from an all-victorious position, no matter how weak we feel. And so whatever you're going through, I want to encourage you today. I bet that... God is trying to speak to you about something because you probably wouldn't be human if he weren't. I know for me, there's certain things. And as I was saying that when he was beginning to speak to me, and I was beginning to see society eroding more and more and more. I think, oh, okay, it's, it's eroding in America. That's okay. It's not in Australia. And here it is eroding in Australia and movements rising up against Christians, rising up against our freedom. I think oh, I will be right. Someone will fight that fight. And, uh, and then you realise, hang on, who's that someone? Who's that someone? And then I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to be controversial. I don't want to, you know, we don't want to rock the boat too much. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, I've got responsibilities. And I don't want to be seen as a radical right winger and whatever else. The truth is, it doesn't matter who we are or how nice we say things. We will always get misquoted if we stand for biblical truth. Channel 9 proved that two weeks ago. You know, there were so many people who out on the streets here spoke really eloquently and beautifully in support of the school and as support of our stance. Channel 9, crickets, zero, nothing. They didn't show any of that. The mainstream media is absolutely corrupt and it will continue to become more and more corrupt. You watch it in the coming days. And, And Christian truths are under fire. I don't know if you know that. But Christian truths are under fire. And so we are in these days where we can either run from it or we can say, okay, God, I know it's going to cost me. I don't really want to go in the belly of the fish. I mean, you imagine how acidic it would have been in there. I mean, you know, just crazy. That's what I think of. It is weird what God will do to get our attention. But I pray that we would say yes before we end up in the belly. And if we as a community would say yes to God and say yes, it might cost us something. It might cost us a little bit of popularity. I was talking to someone in the last, I'm going to be so generic that this could be anyone on earth. I was talking to someone in the last little while and, and they were saying, "Ah, oh, their pastor doesn't really want to... Um, step into, you know, the political thing and, you know, keep church as church. And I think, well, that's okay until they shut down your church. What are you going to do then? <laughs> I'm telling you, it might be coming. And so when, when we, like Jonah, when we hear the voice of the Lord, say, we might say, oh, I just, it's too controversial. I don't want that stuff. I don't want it. God will have his way. He will have his way. And I believe there is redemption ahead of whatever God's got. I don't want to cause fear and doom and gloom. But what I do know is sometimes it will cost us something. I hate even saying that because I don't even know what it's going to cost us. And so it, it, it's with fear and trepidation I kind of even say that. I'm like, okay, I don't know. But if we are willing as a company of people, as a church family here, Aldinga, and our community, if we are willing to hear what he says to us and pay the price of whatever he is asking us to pay, then I guarantee you there is redemption of people on the other side. Just like in the passage of Jonah, there is redemption. I pray we don't have to go into the belly, I pray we don't have to go to jail. It's cold and smelly in there. But at the end of the day, God will have his way. He'll use whoever he wants to use. He'll do whatever he wants to do. But if we trust in him and if we keep standing on his word, he will have his way in our community. He will bring redemption to our community. I believe that. I actually believe that. We need lighthouses of truth. And I want to give you some encouragement this morning. There is an absolute uprising of men and women all over the city, all over the nation who are really beginning to stir on this stuff. They're getting blocked by Facebook, <laughs> but, but there's, there's a real stirring of the fact that, wow, we could be entering days that could be really, really exciting in the kingdom. Could be really exciting in the kingdom. And so we want to be confident of what we hope for, We want to be assured that God is moving, that he is speaking, that he will use you and me in the harvest. We called our name Harvest. Uh, At first, I didn't really want to necessarily call us Harvest because there's thousands and thousands of churches called Harvest. And so, you know, we were thinking of all sorts of fantastical names, the Golden Sickle. I don't know, like, you know, whatever. Just just think of the craziest name there was. I mean, we, it was crazy days for us. So, you know, the crazier the name, the better. But, um, but yeah, thank goodness, I know. Sounds like a movie, doesn't it, you know? I probably would have called us the Expendables or something, you know, to bring out that the gutsy. I don't know where we've gone now. I'd love you to stand and the band to come up.